0: Welcome to the JetRails podcast, supporting you through the airwaves with information about website and e-commerce technology and strategies. From design and development to security, marketing, conversion rate optimization, and web hosting, we bring you insights from industry leaders and experts. Hosted, edited, and published by me, Robert Rand, your friendly neighborhood tech ambassador. Hi, and welcome to an episode of the JetRails podcast. I'm Robert Rand, your host. We're going to be talking today all about knowledge bases and uh, getting information out there to customers in the e-commerce world, um, you know, top to bottom, we'll, we'll try to take a little bit of a holistic view. With me today, uh, we've got Matt from the Guru team. And Matt, would you do us yeah. the honor of introducing yourself?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on, Robert. Um, yeah, I'm Matt Romans with the Guru team. I've been with Guru for about, I guess, it'll be three years in November, which I guess is, you know, a long time for, for a startup. Um, and yeah, I, I am currently the manager of the, uh, scalable customer success team. Uh, we work with our more SMB, uh, businesses. Um, but I came to Guru as a CSM, um, not knowing anything about what being a CSM really meant. Um, I, uh, I had a training background. I worked for a nonprofit that was onboarding the product and, uh, really quickly saw a need for like, Hey, this is great. And then found out that CSM was a role, found out that, uh, that guru was actually in Philly as well. Uh, and, uh, that's how I came to the team. Mm -hmm.
0: That's true. So you came from the user side and, uh, you know, saw cool tech company (laughs) and jumped on board. Look, (laughs) it's so interesting that in, um, in any form of tech, I think that most of what, uh, what people learn is trial by fire, that they, they cut their teeth as they say, uh, for some tech company or somewhere in the industry, and they keep growing and growing from there. So, uh, <laughs> you know, this stuff changes so fast that there's just so many roles that you could have really been properly educated about uh, in college or anywhere else. And things get so specific. So uh, really, I think yeah. Yeah. perfect sense. So tell me a little bit about the, the history uh, of Guru. What's the origin story there? I love to ask companies about how they came to their names. And um, obviously, you know, Guru has uh, a pretty interesting feel and vibe associated with it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so essentially, you know, um, our, our co-founders, uh, Rich and, uh, Rick and Mitch, uh, they founded a company called Boomi that was eventually sold to Dell early on. Um, and they stayed with Dell for a while, but they, they noticed, you know, as the team grew and grew that there was truly a, a knowledge problem in the sense of like, oh, they're onboarded materials in one place, sales decks, in another place, product information, in another place. So a variety of different silos and it was becoming just a kind of a pain to manage or even know where to go to find anything. Um, so they started, you know, trying to f- uh, fix that problem with software. Uh, and I, I, I guess they felt that Guru was an African name, uh, you know, seeking out knowledge. Um, but yeah, that was really where it came from. It was really trying to unify company knowledge into one place and making it easy to access. And, you know, when you can access knowledge quickly, I don't care what your job is that, you know, the faster you can get to know the information you need to do your job, you'd be better at it and, and get on with your day.
0: So, you know, that's so interesting. So they came from this background of having built an integration company, um, that would integrate different softwares together. Boomi's definitely come up in a couple of previous episodes, uh, they get acquired by a major tech company by by Dell. Um, take that money and instead of uh, you know I don't know maybe buying an island somewhere.
1: <laughs> That's uh, right. That's what I thought they would have done.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they decided to roll right back in w- with another problem in the market. That's pretty cool. So uh, I think just about all of our listeners have probably come across a knowledge base somewhere, uh, whether they realized what it was or not. What. Ex- you know, what is a knowledge base by your definition? What makes it uh, (laughs) as such defined?
1: Yeah, I mean, in the simple, simple, simple terms, it's a wiki for your company's knowledge, right? It's the internal knowledge that you wouldn't be able to go and like just Google, it it lives solely within your company. Um, And, you know, there are a variety of, you know, tools that try and and solve this problem. Um, But really, uh, you find that a lot of different, uh, different uh, teams use different products for different reasons. And they keep information in different products, uh, and then basically, uh, there's a disparity in the company of how the, how you manage all things. Uh, and so, what a knowledge base is is basically, yeah, it's a wiki that you can use to to find company knowledge, the stuff you need to know to do your job.
0: So it's more than let's say a Q and A or an FAQ, where you know that that's more of sort of a defined methodology of presenting information. This is more of an environment of its of its own. Um, kind of like you'd say, I've got a blog, I've got a knowledge base where there are these articles and other, uh, other information stored that people can find through different menus and search features and access um, in order to make information available in a, in a particular format for particular reasons.
1: Yeah. So think of like a, a product like Zendesk, right? Their bread and butter is, is making these really nice help centers for customers to consume, right? And, and self-serve. Um, so it's really built for external consumption. Uh, a difference uh, in the case of like Guru is a tool that's meant for internal consumption, right? This is what your employees are are, are consuming to do their jobs. Um, and it can be a variety of things. It can be specific to the job they're doing, or it can be like HR information they need to do to apply for benefits, so on and so forth. So it really is kind of a holistic approach to knowledge for internal team consumption.
0: So, and in the case of an e-commerce business, what would some of the use cases commonly be uh, that would have a merchant, whether B2B or B2C, you know, single channel or omni-channel, whatever they might be, uh, how might they deploy a knowledge base? What would the use case look like?
1: Yeah, um, so support is obviously like a very, very uh, heavy use uh, um, uh, profession for when it comes to consuming knowledge. Um, you know, I come from a background of working in, in contact centers, uh, and a lot of what your job is, is basically looking things up constantly. Uh, you know, no one ever wants to be placed on hold uh, because when they're placed on hold, usually you have a rep who's just pouring through. And depending on the company, it can be a binder, uh, or it can be a variety of different, you know, uh, repositories, um, or also they're just waiting for a message in either you know some kind of communication tool like Slack. Um, so because they weren't able to access the knowledge they're seeking, they're taking time up there. They're they're basically waiting, making the customer wait, kind of degrading that the experience they have. Um, so really in the in the terms of of b 2 c whenever a customer calls in for an issue typically you know you hope they self serve you hope they go to the help uh, the help site but sometimes you just can't find what you need uh, and you need someone to help you uh and product like guru will help that rep find information they need to resolve the problem quickly uh, and this is this is good i mean obviously you're doing that a lot in support but even if you're on the phone and you're in sales you pull up you need to pull up knowledge in the instance right let's say someone's like hey why are you better than this competitor if you can quickly pull up knowledge and hit the talking points as to why you are in a battle card or something like that, it's another instance where consuming knowledge and being able to access it rapidly uh, is beneficial. Um, so yeah, it's really just trying to get to the content you need uh, without making people wait or you know making yourself frustrated by being like helpless, waiting for someone else to help you.
0: So that's interesting. So improving the customer experience, obviously always important. But I know, you know, if, if you're employing a call center that's, uh, that's taking these calls and using these more or less, you know, scripted answers or predetermined answers for different issues, you're typically paying by the minute. <laughs> so the time that it takes to research out of uh, the wrong tech stack or, or, as you were mentioning, things like binders, physical documentation... Uh, it's hurting you in two places. <laughs> it's yeah,
1: costing absolutely. you in the
0: moment, and it's costing you in terms of that customer relationship and uh, and your ability to uh, to earn more business from that customer in however many myriad ways. Whether you know by getting will have good reviews of your company or to come back themselves.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, a well built a well built knowledge base uh, with quick access, you really can cut down on resolution time. Uh, mm-hmm. So your your reps can handle more. Their job is easier and less stressful. Uh, and you can actually, you know, like cut into burnout uh, with that too. Just if, if if the job becomes easier and, you know, they know how to self-serve as employees, they might feel a bit more fulfilled uh, in their work.
0: Yeah. So you've got brands and, and manufacturers that have product. And so they probably have to provide a higher level of customer support in a lot of cases because, you know, regardless of where the product's bought, <laughs> um, they hope I, in many cases, I imagine that, uh, that if there is an issue that they get the phone call or email or whatever else, uh, whatever other forms of communication, you know, a lot of time, if you return product to store, um, it just gets written off. You know, it's uh, it's a terrible expense for that brand. <laughs> they want you to reach out. Yep. They don't want you going back to Target or Walmart or Costco or wherever with, with that product. Um, so I imagine that, that that impacts the bottom line. Um, just in general, philosophically, you know being able to have good customer support uh right from the get go yeah,
1: everybody, no matter who you are, you want a quick answer when you have a question, you want a quick answer,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah I suppose that that keeps life simple <laughs> uh, you know then there are other use cases though that I imagine um, you know that that get a little bit more interesting because so in the e commerce world you've got users that uh, that are trying to understand different things that are happening with their orders with their accounts, um, they need to update save credit cards in the i mean you name it that it's it 's interesting <laughs> they 're trying to get access to old orders or things um, you know data that 's not maybe easily available to them anymore that over time you wind up with more questions than people realize that need to be answered, and it 's difficult to bring in any i mean that's it 's a scalability problem. You can't yeah. just bring in new employees and expect them to know everything, especially yeah, multi-step processes that people need to be walked through.
1: Yeah. Um, so another way that a lot of teams like use Guru, uh, is onboarding, right? So a lot of the times, if you don't know, like if you're starting a job uh, and if you, you don't know what you don't know, right. Uh, and so it's really easy to lay things out in Guru as far as like onboarding weeks one, week two, week three, resources you'll need to do your job. And it's laid out in a way that it's easy to access. Um, And one thing that we try and, you know, as part of the tool itself, as we have what we call a verification engine. So, you know, you do have these issues, right, where there's old, old material just piling up and it just becomes noise. And you really don't know which way is up when you're looking for things. Um, With this, with the verification engine, you're able to assign content to either an expert or a group of experts that exist on your team. And they look at that content on a regular interval. So it's up to you what you make it right. It could be a week. It could be three months. It could be a year. Or you could set a custom date, um, but they can go in and say, "Hey, this is still relevant. This is still good." Uh, or if it's not, they can archive it, and that way you keep your kind of your knowledge base alive and, and relevant, as opposed to letting things get super stale and not knowing what actually matters anymore.
0: Spring cleaning, I like it. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's just a problem in technology in the first place. That whether it's email inboxes or ticket systems or uh, you know e- e-commerce systems, you just pile up data, and at some point. It, While it can provide a lot of insight, it can become unwieldy if you actually need to go in and deal with things uh, on on the micro level as opposed to the macro.
1: Yeah, it can be a nightmare. It's just plain simple.
0: Yeah. So now, outside of customer support, I caught that you mentioned sales as a uh, a department that in some cases can leverage the knowledge base uh, data as well, or. Um, be the primary user in some cases mm-hmm. uh, and and you mentioned even before that um, you know h r and other departments, I imagine that whether it 's for internal training or for operations teams or marketing teams that basically everybody needs to have some kind of a game plan um, i I know that in software development that it 's so rare that there's full documentation on on things <laughs> that we talk to clients all the time that had a custom site built or had a custom app you know application built and whoever created that or an integration so talking about systems like Boomi, had a an integration built from one system to another there's no documentation there's mm-hmm. nothing to go back to there's nothing to train new employees on there's nothing to, to show the next developer uh what was done how and why <laughs> um you know so you know industry-wise pretty uh pretty important i think and sometimes rather than creating just extremely long Word docs or Google docs or whatever else, having things that are organized in a way that's more actionable. Uh, is pretty-
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've definitely been a part of companies like this. And, you know, it's because everyone gets along so well, but there's an oral tradition uh, and things get lost. You know, no one's writing things down. Everyone just knows who knows it. And then they kind of remember and they, and they go on with their day. Um, so yeah, uh, every, every team has, uh, you know, content they need to capture and they need to store. Uh, and sometimes it's easy not to do that, right. Especially when you're in, let's say a chat like Slack or, you know, Microsoft teams, you're just you're chatting, you get your question resolved and then you, you carry on. Um, uh, but a lot of times, like it would be useful if you could capture that and capture it in the moment. So, um, we actually have integrations, you know, with Slack, you can, if there's a, if someone answers a question in Slack and that's not documented anywhere, you can easily create what we call a group card. Um. Uh, that's basically the building block of everything in Guru. Um, you can create it right from Slack, save that, and now it's accessible wherever you access Guru. So within Slack itself, within the web browser, an extension, or even in your ticketing platform. Um, so it helps you capture knowledge as you as it grows in your company. Um, but that being said, you know, we talked about the support use case, finding answers quickly, helping customers resolve problems. Uh, but again, every 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 uh, department has stuff they need to, to take care of, right? So we do permission algorithm in a way to where every department can kind of manage their own knowledge base. It's all part of the same system and you can access it all from the same system, but each department has their own agency to basically you know create and save things the way they want. because onboarding for a product is going to be different than onboarding for support and so on and so forth. Um, but this this remains a nice way for you to see where it all can live in one like organized knowledge base.
0: I like the theory behind the Slack integration because ideally, uh, it's always lovely when <laughs> you've got a culture of let's document this. Um, I know at JetRails that's a really big deal. Um, you know, as web hosts, it comes with the territory. Uh, you know that, uh, but thinking about some of these different departments, I imagine that's part of why some people keep these knowledge bases private. Um, company facing only because you wouldn't want your sales playbook making it out there in the world, or uh, you know certain other data made available. I would think just as easily though that in a lot of cases that it makes sense to publish some of the information because you want the customers to be able to um, you know to to provide you know, self service care that you want them to be able to find the answer they don't especially you know as new generations come up and they don't necessarily want to call (laughs) or um or wait for an email response or go you know wait in queue for someone that they would much rather i i think most of us would just intrinsically much rather have the answer readily available
1: of course yeah uh yeah no one wants to talk to anybody they'd rather just be able to to find themselves right uh yeah so a lot of teams, what they'll do is, there's there's two ways. So we work really well with products like Zendesk that do external facing help centers. Um, and you can sync that content directly into Guru. And if you're in a chat app or anything like that, you can easily reference that and then provide the customer with a link to the external facing documentation. Um, but we also do have customers who use our API to basically create a collection. What we basically call departments uh, in the product um, and name it the help center. And then they use the API to publish it to their own, you know, uh, um, their own in-house uh, help help desk system or help center. So there's two ways to go about it. You can definitely house the knowledge and, and push it out to uh, external-facing audiences. Um, and we also, you know, we have the ability in the product to make certain cards uh, public. So kind of like with a Google Doc, if you say if you set it to anyone can see this, you can do that with a Guru card, and you can send it out to to customers as well. Um. So we don't try and limit it too much. Uh, obviously, you want to keep your things like finance information private, right? But then you want to keep your your product information easy to access for for customers. So um, there's a so
0: a, a user in e-commerce might add to different product pages links directly back to those cards that are
1: gonna you know come right out of your knowledge base. Correct. Yeah. And by doing so, with that uh you know the verification engine I mentioned sounds like a very fancy verification engine uh with the ability to verify stuff uh essentially you know that all the content that it's in your your help site that your customers are accessing is verified it's good to go because there's a team actively you know making sure it's it's accurate knowledge so it kind of takes a little bit of the stress away um and it also works in a sense of like you know you 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 might want to push this content into different platforms as well that aren't even public facing like a learning management system. Um, so those things can sometimes be a pain to update. But if you're pushing something directly from a you know verified knowledge base like Guru, you know that no matter who comes in in the next employee class, that stuff is still good to go. You don't have to go in and fix it.
0: Hmm. Okay. I guess that's a problem of distributed content is uh, that if it's uh, basically... Uh, duplicated in, in too many places, then you've got to update it in each one of those places as opposed to having a master record, updating the master record and uh, and being done with it.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, and, you know, looking, I guess, you know, more toward the the long-term impact, what type of a, a net impact uh, w- would you think that an, an e-commerce or similar kind of company could experience deploying a knowledge base? Um, has your team taken, you know, a a look at some of those, uh, you know, case studies, um, you know, where users have really had a big net impact uh, in their operation?
1: Yeah. So I guess if you want to, from like a support uh, perspective, it's really easy to quantify, right? Because like, those are things where you're constantly measuring metrics, like resolve time and handle time, things like that. And so we definitely see, you know, an uptick in, uh, you know, in decreased uh, resolution time for support agents that use Guru. Um, we do a baseline survey with our customers before we start to see like, where are you at now? Where do you want to be with this product? And we want to make sure that you're getting the value. Uh, so that's very quantifiable and it's easy to, to demonstrate. When it comes to internal consumption, it's a little different, right? Like no one's measuring how long it takes, Robert, to pull up a, a Google Doc, you know, how many times you click through other ones. Um, so internally, you know, when we look at NPS scores uh, from our customers, um, it's employee satisfaction. It basically makes work easier um, and less tedious. Uh, when you can find things and essentially like not waste your time to Mm trying to do one thing by trying to find the accurate information. You just feel better. And you want the
0: customer to be happy at the end of the day. I mean, I I haven't met many people that are in customer facing jobs that want tasks to take uh, any longer than they have to, because that leads to people on the other end being less happy and just a harder job for everyone.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, from like a sales perspective, think of like you're trying to send out like a case study or something to a prospect, right? Uh, you can do that directly from within Gmail uh, using like our, our browser extension. You could find the asset, link it directly, and you're good to go, as opposed to like going to a different place and trying to find the right one and then go link it back. And then, you know, it's just it's more tedious and it seems like more labor intensive than it needs to be. Um, and it lets you kind of just focus on your work. I, I think that any good knowledge base, you shouldn't spend too much time in. I think it should be kind of passive. You should be able to easily get what you want and carry on.
0: That's a really good way of looking at it. And I know that there's a lot of outdated knowledge-based tech out there, you know, earlier generations. Um, you were mentioning how your systems have these APIs and their pre-existing integrations. I know you you mentioned uh, a few already, like, like Zendesk uh, and Slack and... Um, what are some of the most common integrations that your team sees demand for? What, um, what integrations have you built that are really well utilized?
1: Yeah, there's, there's, there's twofold in integrations. So there's things built directly into uh, like a ticketing system like Zendesk where you can, you know, basically have content suggested to you based off of the customer interaction. Um, so you don't even have to search in some cases. Um, but then we have other instances where we integrate as far as like syncing with outside content. So we sync with a variety of outside platforms, you know, Dropbox, Confluence, Zendesk, uh, Salesforce, so on and so forth. Um, and the reason we do that is to bring content in that maybe a team doesn't have full access over. So for an example, let's say like a sales team buys Guru and the whole thing is like, hey, you know what? We want our, our sales reps to be accessing one, one place that's in their workflow. We don't want them to waste time going to different locations looking for things. That's great. So they move in all the sales knowledge in the Guru. Uh, but actually, the engineering team, let's say they're staying on Confluence, right? And they're, they actually they create content that the sales team needs to do their job. So how do you solve this, right? Does the sales team now need to go into Guru and into Confluence? This kind of like defeats the purpose. Um, in that case, we have what we call syncs, where we can pull in the actual knowledge from, let's say, the, the engineering instance of Confluence. We can populate it in Guru. So now the sales team can stay on one tool, access it in the moment, and also trust that the engineering information is still coming from engineering. It's no longer, it's like not just copy and paste it. If they make an update in Confluence, it'll automatically sync to the Groove, So they're still using the up-to-date stuff.
0: Cool. And anything new coming down the pike? I I don't want to (laughs) ask you for anything uh, proprietary or uh, that we wouldn't be able to. Uh, to publish out to the public, but any new integrations or partnerships or anything that, that you think are going to move the needle?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of things that we're we're focusing on are like a product-led growth. You know, we want it to be easy for people to start. Uh, you know, it needs you need someone to want to put in the effort to like making a knowledge base and recognizing that the problem. Um, but we have things in the product that we're introducing. So different templates. So if you come in and you want to try it out for a marketing team, you can populate basically your own marketing collection and we'll have a framework of what it could look like for you. Um, we also just released uh, basically um, uh, company templates, if you will. So, you know, we have customers like Slack, uh, Noom, uh, Freshdesk. Uh, they all use Guru. Uh, and we've actually taken their templates that they use internally for their, their product knowledge or different use cases. And we've we've made them public. So you can actually go and stylize things the same way other companies do, companies that you, you know and trust. So um, we're trying really hard to, you know, make it accessible, make it easy um, and help people not overthink uh, you know, getting their knowledge in, in the right place. Cool.
0: And uh, you know, Matt, you've been generous with, with your time today. Um, before we wrap it up, any other thoughts? Anything else that you think uh, folks need to know about the wacky world of knowledge bases?
1: The wacky world of knowledge bases. Um, yeah, I, it's it's funny. Like, it's not it's not it's not complex. You know, it's like you want to be able to look things up. Uh, they're super important to have. It makes sense to have it in one place. Um, every other job I've had has been a nightmare to find things. Now that I've come to to Guru, uh, you know, and have everything in one place, it's made things very simple. You know, you can choose the knowledge base you want, right? Uh, but I would just say it's super important to make sure that you have one and to and to maintain it and care about it because you know, if if your company knowledge is in order, it makes everyone's life easier, customer and internal alike. Yeah.
0: Look, I will add on, uh, you know, for all of our e-commerce listeners out there, having knowledge and planning around uh, your growth and stability, uh, you know, so whether it's what happens if something goes wrong on Black Friday, who do you need to reach out to? What's the plan there? What happens if there was a security incident or data breach? Uh, What's your plan? Um, Yeah. You know, uh, what happens if all of a sudden your stuff takes off and uh, you hit, you know, massive uh, demand, you know, scalability issues? Uh, You know, we've certainly seen that for a lot of industries in 2020 where, uh, you know, business just boomed on e-commerce and you can't always predict it. You know, (laughs) makers of PPE weren't exactly (laughs) expecting uh, or folks selling bread makers or I don't know, you know, pick your... uh, you know, your categories, I could keep
1: I think, rattling uh, King, off things. But. King Arthur, I think they did all their sales like uh, in two months. They usually do it in like two years. Uh, they yeah. just, because everyone started picking up bread. So yeah, things can happen. Uh, yeah. And it's also it's also important to have like a platform where you can easily like push content to your, your team as well. Um, so that's something to, to consider.
0: Yeah, so Matt, really a pleasure having you on the podcast. Um, thanks yeah, for... Coming on and sharing some great knowledge um, to our listeners. Um, thank you as always for tuning in. Uh, we'll have more content for you very shortly. And uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and happy selling. Thanks for listening to the Jetrails podcast. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We also post full videos of most episodes on the Jetrails YouTube and Facebook channels. You can find links at jetrails.com forward slash podcast. Have questions about an episode? Is there a topic you'd like us to cover in the future? We're at JetRails on LinkedIn and Twitter. Do you want to sponsor this podcast? Sorry, but we're committed to ad-free listening. We are, however, always looking for guests that our listeners will benefit from. And don't forget to like the podcast on whatever platform you're tuning in from. It's a small ask, but it's a big help. We appreciate it. And more importantly, we appreciate you.